I'm Parson Michael Maui, and this is Dharma Talks from Sacred Ground. Reflections and meditations brought to you from the Sacred Ground Community Church and Sangha. Today's Dharma Talk was originally shared on March 14th, 2021. As soon as we stood up and started doing the uh, meditation, Ali, of course, invited us to think of ourselves as mountains, which I did, but I also found myself um, thinking of myself and thinking of us as trees. And then she started talking about our rootedness and our roots in the earth. And that kind of came back to me again um, because trees are part of both of the readings that we had this morning. And I'll just share, uh, as Honesty shared with us a little earlier, it says, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh talks about being in Switzerland and being with these children, asking them if they think enlightenment of the Buddha can grow and they say yes. And he says, the children affirm something I also believe, that, el that enlightenment is alive like a tree. If it does not continue to grow, it will die. And then in the reading from Luke, which I shared earlier, see if I can find it again here. Um, Jesus says, look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. We tend to think of enlightenment as this thing. You know, there's these few, few people who maybe have it. <laughs> and then there's all the rest of us. <laughs> um, and Thich Nhat Hanh, they call him Thai, he often speaks of like moments of enlightenment. Um, that we have these little flashes, little glimpses. And in today's reading, he talks about growth of enlightenment. And as he often does, um, Thich Nhat Hanh's cracking the eggs. Uh, inviting us to think outside the box, even outside the box that we have built for enlightenment. And in a similar way, I want to invite you to think outside whatever box or boxes you've put Jesus in. And that may sound odd, but 
most of us have grown up in traditions where we've been um, hearing stories about Jesus, thinking about Jesus, praying to Jesus since we were children. And we've developed all these ideas of who Jesus is and who Jesus isn't. And we don't all agree on those ideas, but for ourselves, we have in this moment probably some pretty specific ideas of who this Jesus is. And we know this with friends or with family. Um, as soon as we build up this, this storyline of this is who Carl is, this is who Ellen is, then we tend to look at everything through that lens and it, it becomes a lot more difficult for us to see other aspects of Carl or Ellen and it probably becomes a little bit more challenging for them as well because if they want to act in some way or behave in some way that doesn't fit our expectations, we just kind of push them back into line. So my invitation to you is to, as, as maybe impossible as it is for us, we can at least try to let go of our concepts and just listen to either what Jesus is saying or what's being said about Jesus in, in any reading of the Bible and, and in particular in today's. And so without our preconceived notions, we have this guy and it says, every day he was teaching in the temple. And at night he would go out and spend the night on the Mount of Olives as it was called. And all the people would get up early in the morning to listen to him in the temple again. Now, this is actually a, 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 a bookend. This is at the end of chapter 21 of Luke. But if, if we go to the end of chapter 19, it says, Every day he was teaching in the temple. The chief priests, the scribes, and the leaders of the people kept looking for a way to kill him, but they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were spellbound by what they heard. So we have these kind of bookends for chapters 20 and 21 about every day he's teaching in the temple. But we're getting a little information here at both ends. One is, there's great threats on this man's life. And we hear this throughout. And then here at the other end, we hear... At night, he would go out and spend the night on the Mount of Olives. Now, it seems to me that it's implied that he would go there alone. Why? Let's just sit with that for a second. Why? Every day he's preaching in the temple. Every morning they're coming back. And we have this Jesus every night going 
perhaps or presumably alone, outdoors to the hillside. And what might we imagine is happening there? Prayer, mindful presence, Meditation, rejuvenation of his spirit, we want to put Jesus in this box, but let's let's let him be a teacher of what to do. And it sounds like self-care, which means being out in nature, under the stars, and perhaps mindfulness. And you say, well, wait, what mindfulness? That sounds kind of a real stretch, right? Well, let's listen to some of these words. Be on guard that you're not weighed down with the worries of this life. What is the opposite? of being caught up in worries. Presence. Or be alert at all times. Wakefulness. Buddha means the awakened one. So, I just want to invite us into, hmm, What's going on there? If you want to go and you're going to have these crowds coming at you every morning to the temple to hear what you have to say, go and return to the mindfulness. What Thich Nhat Hanh says, the energy of the Holy Spirit. Now, <laughs> there's part of me that would like to stop there. That's nice and neat and tidy. But it's complicated. Because right before these readings, we have this story of Jesus talking about the Son of Man coming on a cloud. What's that about? Well, we know this is an old prophecy of Daniel, and but what does this mean? And then a, a few chapters earlier, we have Jesus saying, well, the kingdom of God, in the King James Version, the kingdom of God is within you. So, what, what does that mean? How, how can, we're talking about these signs and all these things, and then you're talking about this is within us, and... I'm actually reminded of a conversation I had with a couple of old friends a few days ago. I don't know. I started re reading through all these parables in Luke, and it's like, whoa, there's a lot of rich stuff here, but I, 
I don't really, I don't know that I get all this. Wait, I'm I'm the minister guy. <laughs> I'm I I have the you know, uh, mas master of divinity degree, right? <laughs> master of divinity. <laughs> yeah. And I was kind of frustrated. It's like, oh, I want to give this nice little neat thing, and I can't put it all together real well. And then I started thinking something that I've thought other times before, but I, I, I hadn't thought this particular time. So much of this, so much of the Bible for me is like a Zen koan. And, and, and you may know a koan as, as one of the most famous is, what is the sound of one hand clapping? This kind of unanswerable question that we're told to muse upon and think upon. And, and and that led to some, some other thoughts. All through this Luke and text we hear, and they're trying to figure out how they can kill him. These guys want to kill him. They're trying to, they're trying to trick him into saying something so they can kill him. They want to kill him. Jesus probably is aware of what's going on here, right? And he also has all these little stories about, I'm not going to be around too much longer. If I were going to die soon, and I had people coming to listen to me, a couple things I'd want to do. I'd want to speak about things that I thought were very, very important. And here's what I think I would do, which Jesus is not doing. I'd want to be as clear as I possibly could. Parables and stories with multiple meanings, and this could mean that, and that could mean this, and what are you talking about? I don't understand this. What? Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. What are the, what all, what all is going to happen? What? Did it all take place? What? Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. What are you talking about? I don't understand that. And I'm wondering if, if like with those Zen koans, part of what Jesus is telling us is, you know, we think of Jesus as the answer, and I, I'm with that, but maybe Jesus provides the questions. And then another couple of little thoughts popped into my head. You know, I don't know if I, this is probably documented, but, but my, my thought is, is that pe as people get more education, they tend to be less religious or spiritual. Well, that should make us pause, right? I mean, I have a fair amount of formal education. I have a couple of graduate degrees, blah, blah, blah. But most people, as they, as they get more degrees, they become less religious, less spiritual. And well, what is that telling, telling us? And I started thinking about this, how I can't make a lot of sense of some of this stuff and these koans and these questions. And I thought, well, 
maybe if you have all the answers, religion and spirituality aren't for you. Maybe it's about having lots of questions. In the studies that have been done with people who've had near-death experiences, or what are sometimes called life-after-life experiences, people who have come back have said two things that they've been told. One, be kind and loving. And two, keep learning. Keep learning. Remain curious. Ask questions. And if it's all about growth, then it seems like having the questions continue is a good thing. If I should live so long, 10 years from now, I read this and I see something else, or 20 years from now, if I'm around. Or maybe next week. Because both Jesus and Thich Nhat Hanh talk about that tree. Well, we can see, look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. But then they lose their leaves. And then they come back the next year. And they're not the same leaves. There's this change. There's growth. Last year, we had a great crop of Concord grapes. Okay crop of sour cherries. Not so good on the raspberries. Year before that, almost no Concord grapes. Lots of cherries. There's something that's the same, but not the same. That's part of the growth. I was looking in the eaves, I think it was yesterday, and I found an old notebook of mine from when I was 32 years old. And I opened it, and it, my writing, my scribbles, and there was a poem there that I had written to my dad. My dad was alive at the time. I never shared this poem with him. And I read this thing, and I thought, wow, there's, you know, I'm really right there with that poem. If that's a near enlightenment moment for me. <laughs> but then what happened an hour later after I wrote it? 
What happened the next week? There's this dance of our growth and compassion in our growth of touching the kingdom of God and our growth of understanding sacred text. And it's not linear. It goes back and forth and dances. Jesus says to enter the kingdom of God, you need to be like children. I think of young children always asking questions. Why, how come, why? My prayer for me and you is May we continue to search and learn and grow, and may we continue to not know. May we continue to shrug our shoulders and say, I don't know. I'm not sure. Because in that, Our growth, our continuing evolution is ensured. I'm Parson Michael Malley, and you've been listening to Dharma Talks from Sacred Ground.